0: I don't know about you, Scott. Whenever I buy anything online, I'm never like, you know what, Amazon, only show me things that are a three-star and below because I'm not worthy of four-star product.
1: Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Before we get into today's show, a big thank you to our sponsor, SendJim. If you wanna get the lead you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try SendJim. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So if you haven't already, go to sendjim.io forward slash MDL where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendjim.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today.
2: Welcome back to Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Now, I'm so excited to have on a returning guest today. His name is Jack Josses. He is the president and CEO of Ramblin' Jackson. Ramblin' Jackson is your green industry marketing team that can help with your branding, website development, SEO. Jack is also the author of Get Found Online, and he actually just released a new book called The Tree of Good Fortune. Welcome, Jack. Thanks for being on the show again. Scott, thank you so much for having me back. Good to be here. So Jack, do you mind, for the people that haven't heard you before on our podcast, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and what Ramblin' Jackson is all about more than what I
0: described? Sure. So since 2009, I've grown a digital marketing agency, Ramblin' Jackson. And in the last four years, we've really focused on the green industry. And that was partly based on my experience working with a variety of different small businesses and realizing I was getting the best results for landscapers. And the reason being, I'm really an expert at local SEO ranking in Google. And there's a lot of demand for the green industry, people searching online for landscape design, lawn care, a variety of different services. And I used to work at a garden center in Chicago in high school and early college. And I really learned how to work hard there. I didn't realize until reflecting later in my life, what a great experience it was and how much I really love the green industry. So That's a little bit about my background. I have been in business for 12 years. We've acquired a local SEO company. We have about 15 people on our staff, and we've worked with close to a 1,000 clients around the country. That's awesome. I actually got a little bit of a preview of your new book. It's called Tree of Good Fortune. you mind
2: talking about that and what kind of inspired that?
0: Yeah, so the Tree of Good Fortune is a metaphor for what you can build with your digital presence. And I use an apple tree because an apple tree... Bears fruit every year pretty reliably, pretty predictably. And it takes time to plant, grow, and nurture an apple tree. And once you have it, it's a pretty reliable source of fruit every year. If you've ever had an apple tree or lived next to a neighbor with one, in some cases it can even make too much fruit, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, one of the reasons I came up with that metaphor was because a key to our strategy in the book is building out a limb for each city and a branch for each service. So as an example, if you did landscape design, you would build a page for landscape design, Hobart, Indiana. And then what would a neighboring town of Hobart be? Crown Point would be a neighboring. Crown Point, you know, so you would also build a page for that. So that's, again, a limb for each service, landscape design, and a branch for each city. And if you can do that with each of your services, you can branch out into your whole service area, rank organically on Google, and... Ultimately, stop having to pay for lead generation websites. You won't need to do online advertising because you have your own organic tree of good fortune. And organic is when we're doing digital marketing, that's when we're not paying for advertising. Rather, we have our own. We're ranking organically in the search results.
2: Yeah, and I can see why you want to do this because I'm sure you've seen this too. Many landscapers only on maybe in Google My Business or just have one specific services page. I can definitely see the benefit to having multiple pages for everything.
0: Yeah, so out here in Colorado, we have something called the Russian Olive Shrub of despair. That's what I call it in the book. Well, there's the Russian olive is this kind of shrubby weed and it's a noxious weed. And we've been in a drought for the last 10 years. We just got out of it, but it sprouts up pretty quickly and sucks away the nutrients and water from other plants in your yard. And so that's what I compare most landscaping websites to. They're really small, They only have one page for their services. They have a little bulleted list of we do spring cleanup, fall cleanup, landscape design, patios, lawn mowing, hardly any content. And the problem that creates is, one, you're not going to show up when people are Googling those different services because you got to have more content on your website. And then secondly, your customers, it doesn't really qualify them. It doesn't really teach them how to buy from you, the benefits of how you're different or your process. And that's why a lot of landscapers end up relying on either word of mouth or they fall into the trap of paying for those lead generation websites, which in the book we call Gnome Advisors. We have a little uh, evil garden gnome in the book.
2: Also in the book, you start talking
0: about, or you do talk about the foundational four.
2: You mind talking a little bit about that, what that involves?
0: Yeah. So the tree of good fortune is kind of the big picture. It's this metaphor of having your own tree of good fortune. And the landscaper's foundation of digital marketing is a concept that comes from my first book, Get Found Online, where we really help people prioritize. Thank you. You've got it on your <laughs> bookshelf. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So in that book, you know, what I found it, over the years of running my agency and talking with thousands of business owners is many of them are going in the wrong order. Many of them are spending a lot of money and time on social media, online advertising, but they're not really getting the business results that they want. And The foundation of your brand needs to be your branding and differentiation, which is not only your logo and your signage and the visual part, but also why are you different? How are you different? Your sales process is part of your brand. And then another part is your website design. How do you communicate your brand? Where do you show people photos of the work that you can do for them? Local SEO is your Google My Business, all of those map listings, the pages on your website, the keywords. And then the fourth part of the foundational four is your online reviews and net promoter score. And I group all four of those together because they're the foundation. If you skip any one of those, you're going to have a weak foundation. As an example, if you have a really good brand and a good website and you've got great SEO and people are finding you, but they go on Google and see that you're a three and a half star rated company... Well, how effective is that SEO really going to be, right? You got to have that kind of social proof word of mouth component. So you really got to do all of those together. And that's what I call the foundational four.
2: Now, it all makes sense. Everything just kind of ties together and it's all part of the whole plan, which is why you have the process. So you talked a little bit about having the sales process part of your brand. You mind elaborating a little bit about that?
0: So... I believe that branding is about the experience that you offer your customers and your employees. And what I mean by that is we're all doing landscaping. We're all going to create something that, well, hey, it should be good, right? I write in the book that quality isn't a marketing strategy. Like quality is baseline. You need to be doing a good job. So let's pretend we're all doing a good job. But it's really the experience of working with you that makes people want to refer you or buy from you again. And as an example, if the experience they have is they can never get a hold of you and they never know when you're coming and you just kind of show up here and there and uh, you leave the gate open and their dog escapes or you leave a messy job site every day or it takes four weeks longer than you told them it would or you unexpectedly bill them in the middle of the project for materials that they didn't know they were gonna need to pay for at that time, or you surprise them that you charge for landscape design, right? Mm -hmm. All these little things when we surprise people with things that they don't want or they're unsure of, it creates a negative experience. And in the book, I outline how you can outline milestones of your sales process so that way your client reads about it on their website, and when you're selling to them, You're walking them through the steps and then you actually go and implement those steps and that creates a positive experience. You're basically doing what you said you were going to do. And I I take it a step further and actually brand those processes and create graphics and that also allows you to then scale and teach your team the process, too.
2: I agree with you 100%. You need to have a, some kind of sales process. And if you have it on your website, so people can see it and understand it, or you can at least direct them to it like through an email or whatever it is, I think it's so important because they need to know what's next, what's next. Otherwise, they're just guessing. And I give you a good example of my sister-in-law. She hired somebody to do her deck around her pool. Mm-hmm. They uh, called up, came out there, did the estimate. She said, yo, go ahead. It was like a month later. She's never heard from them, never heard from them, didn't know what's going on. She was actually ready to call somebody else out there, even though she gave it a (laughs) deposit. She didn't know what the next step was. And we told her, hold on, relax, call them up, keep calling them. And finally, the person came out there, but she didn't know what was the next step. So having this process is huge.
0: Yeah. And, you know, a month might be a reasonable timeline. Maybe maybe it's a wood deck and they need to get material. And that could just be how long it takes. A month doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It's just when we don't tell people, hey, it could be a month. And during that time, we're going to be using your deposit to source materials. And by the way, there's a lumber shortage right now. And Part of my process is we send an email every week to our clients. So they always know where we're at, what we're working on, what we're doing in my business. It could be a month, probably not a whole month, but you know, time could go by before they see a deliverable, but getting that email, right? That communication, that's again, that, that customer experience. I was actually chatting with somebody
2: too. It's in our Academy and they have somebody that's working on their website they said they haven't heard from this, the website person in 14 months or something like that. Like, <laughs> you should probably contact them because we're going over the website. You, you need to get hold of them. I don't even know who to get hold of. Like, what? <laughs> so it's crazy. You just have to stay in communication no matter what business you're in. You have to stay in communication with the customer.
0: Yeah. And if they know up front, you know, things like timeline, milestones. I've seen projects that take 14 months. Seems mm-hmm. long to me, but... You yeah. know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. maybe, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either.
2: But
0: also in the book, you talk about what you call a hell yes customer. What's a hell yes customer? So a hell yes customer, and back to the, the tree of good fortune, is the fruit, right? Your customer, what do you really want? And a hell yes customer is a project or a client that's in your ideal neighborhood. You know, so you're not driving two hours to get to a job site that you don't want to be. Maybe some of you have a two hour service area. Okay. You know maybe you don't though, right? Yeah. So so getting clear on where are they? What services are they going to buy and what budget do they have? I think it takes some time, Scott, in any business, in my business, in a landscaping company of going through a few years of just doing work and figuring out how do you do it? What is my process and refining it? And then along the way you get clear on okay, I want to do outdoor living spaces. And you get clear on that. And then once you have your hell yes customer, you can use that to make decisions in your marketing. So an example of this, I was interviewing a prospective client and I was looking at their website and I thought it actually looked really good. And they had these big, beautiful photos of these huge landscape installations that had pools. They had roofing structures with chimneys and fire pits inside of them. They had water features. They had, they were really like, huge, like 200000 dollar jobs, right? And so when I'm interviewing them, this client was late to the meeting with me. And, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And he said, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I was out. I've got this project that's been going for eight months and I'm losing money on it. And the pool contractor did this. And then this guy did that. And he goes on and he basically tells me that he hates doing projects that have a roof, that have a pool, that have water features. And Guess what his whole website, his homepage photos were, right? They were all photos of these big projects that he hired a professional photographer to come and shoot. So the Hell yes customer isn't necessarily about bigger being better. It's more about being clear on what's the right fit for you. And this guy, his projects were actually the sweet spot was fifty to seventy-five thousand in his part of the country that you know that did not include a pool or that didn't include the roofing structures where you need to get permits and all these things that are literally driving him crazy.
2: <laughs> and I agree with you 100% on you have to do some stuff in the field to kind of figure out what you like. And then you kind of niche down or whatever. Well, we say do it dirty, that's what we tell people. Just get started doing something and you can always improve on it, whether it is finding out what you want to do or any of your systems or procedures or processes in your business. So it's critical, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do it dirty, you know, and then take a look at what did you do? What worked? What didn't work? Where did you lose margin? Or where did your client get really upset? What do you say to people that think
2: I don't need to do these types of marketing? I you know, I, I just get them on business from word of mouth. What do you say to that?
0: I think it depends on on what your goals are. You know, I have a, a former client who thought he wanted to grow a multi-million dollar company, and he had three crews at one point, and he was really struggling and he hated it. And he ended up closing the two crews down, selling their equipment, and went back to being a one-crew company. And he's able to sell enough just from word of mouth. I think it could, if that's what you want. If you're not happy, though, with the amount of business you have, or the types of clients you have in particular, Let's pretend that you keep getting referrals for five thousand dollar projects, but you're really trying to break into doing twenty to thirty, forty thousand dollar projects. If word of mouth is your only source of business, you're just going to keep getting referrals for oh, hey, this looks nice. Who did that? Oh, Scott did that. How much was it? Oh, it was about five thousand dollars, right? So now yeah. we're kind of stuck getting referrals for similar projects. Or if you have projects that you don't like, you're going to keep getting word of mouth, you know, for that. The other problem with relying on word of mouth is that you never really know when you're going to get it. And that can make you kind of desperate where you have to start taking on projects that are, maybe they're not the type of project you want. And then the actual cost of that is when you do get a hell yes customer coming in, you're too busy to take it on.
2: I see a lot, we have the landscape business owners, Facebook group, and I see a lot of people say, you know, I don't need all the marketing stuff. I, just, I do it all word of mouth and it just starts having me question, you know, Like I said, what's your goal? What do you want out of your business? If you want to grow, then you need to do something else besides that.
0: Yeah. So I think again, yeah, like you said, it's all about your goal. And even with marketing, if you're doing a good job, you're probably still going to get a lot of word of mouth because you're going to be at a job site. People are going to see you working on their neighbor's house. If you do a good job, they're going to say, hey, that looks really good. How did you like working with them? Absolutely. So in the book too, you also talk about
2: SEO being part of the, the tree of good fortune you mind talking about that? Because I see people too in the the Facebook group that say, "Ah, SEO is a scam, it's a a waste. What's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I think kind of like landscaping, there's a low barrier to entry in digital marketing work. And by that, anyone with a laptop and the internet can say they do digital marketing and anyone with a shovel can say they do landscaping. But we both know that there's a lot of bad landscaping to be done and there's a lot of problems to be (laughs) caused. And often in the landscape industry, that's done by, you know, Chuck in a truck who is undercharging, they're unskilled, and they just do a bad job. So that happens a lot in the digital marketing industry too. And, you know, if you're not really aware of how it should be done, it's easy to buy an SEO service from somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. That's one of the reasons why I I give away the farm in the book. I talk about how does it work? You could read it and probably do it yourself or at least look at what you're doing and evaluate that. But when it's done well, when SEO is done thoroughly, and again, the reason why I created the tree of good fortune metaphor is there are a lot of components to a garden. There's the sun, right? If we don't have sun, we're not going to grow anything. If we don't have water, we're not going to grow anything. So in in the tree of good fortune, the sun is online reviews and the rain is customer service and sales. And having rich horticultural soil is having your your name, address, and phone number, and all of those map listings. The roots are having links pointing back to your website. So there's all of these things that need to be done together, ongoing, just like you would maintain a a garden. And often people are unaware of all of it, or they only do part of it, or they don't invest enough money to have it all done so they get a very partial result from it.
2: I agree. And I I think a lot of it, like you said, is kind of just lack of knowledge. You don't know what you don't know. And I think people don't know a lot about SEO, what's involved, and they go to these companies, like you said, and to me, a lot of those companies just are kind of scammy in a way they feel like, not all of them, but some of them, and they don't give you any feedback. They don't tell you much. They just kind of do something magic and you hope it works out.
0: Yeah, and the the other thing is hiring somebody to do SEO for you that doesn't understand the green industry can cause a lot of problems. As an example, I have a client who does lawn care. And this is the fun thing because in different parts of the country, lawn care can mean different things. But in Colorado, that's purely chemical application, right? It's not lawn mowing. It's not lawn landscaping. Like they do chemical application exclusively. And their SEO company didn't understand that and had the word landscaping all over their website. And so come April and October, they're getting flooded not only with calls for lawn care, which is what they want, but meanwhile, they're also getting calls for, hey, can you guys do my landscaping? Hey, do you guys do patios? And they're like, no, we don't. And the actual cost to them was that during that time of year, they simply can't answer the phone enough for all the calls that come in. They have three full-time office staff. So then what happens is it goes into their voicemail, and now their voicemail's building up, and then if they don't call the landscaping lead back to say, hey, we don't even do landscaping, now that person's writing a negative review on Google that they don't answer their phone. So that's an example of like, did the person who's building your website and using the words on your website do they really understand what business you're in? I could definitely see that. And just to give an
2: example, like for our business, we specialize in hardscape. But after talking to people, the customers don't understand hardscaping necessarily. They don't understand no. <laughs> patios and stuff. So we actually changed our, you know, to patios, brick patios and stuff, because we found out they didn't know what hardscaping was. So I can
0: definitely see the, the
2: advantage there.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, hardscaping is a, that's a contractor word. You're thinking about hardscaping all day long. Your customer's like outdoor living or yep. a patio or whatever. Another one is uh, sprinkler versus irrigation. Now, if you're an irrigation technician, uh, you're probably very proud that you're an irrigation tech, right? And you talk about irrigation. But I show this in my talks all the time. There's more than twice as many searches for sprinkler-related things than there are irrigation. They're pretty much the same thing, but the customer's thinking, oh, I need a sprinkler system to water my lawn. And they're going to hire an irrigation technician, but they're not going to search for that on Google. This
2: is one thing I will point out is in your book, The Tree of Good Fortune, You do give all the stuff, which is awesome. It's not one of those books that kind of like, because I've gotten some books before from other companies and they're just basically a marketing just to get to hire. Jack actually lays it out for you and tells you exactly the stuff that you need to have. So how you do it, that's on you, but he does share a great deal of information in this book. So definitely check it out. Well,
0: thank you, Scott. You know, I'm a big believer in marketing of helping people, right? And in the sites that I build for my clients, we write a lot. We tell people how it works, how to do it and the right people will read it and be like, this was helpful. I'm going to talk to these people. And some people might say, hey, I, I'm going to go do this myself. Thank you for saying that, though. I'm glad
2: that you. I just want to point that out because I think it's, it's very important to people, you know, get all these books and don't really read them or it's just not useful. This is a useful book. So I just wanted to point that out. Also, you talk about online reviews and you spoke about a little bit earlier how it all ties together. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So part of even on Google's website, so Google has a section on their website for Google My Business, and they explicitly state that the number and quality of of reviews you have on your Google listing impacts your ranking. So it's not just a hypothesis. It's like straight from the horse's mouth. Having reviews is part of the ranking. And some people don't know what ranking is. Ranking is, you know, how do you show up on the first page of Google? That's your rank you know, let's say there are, I don't know, 20 landscapers in your area, you want to show up in the top three in those map results, you've got to have reviews on your Google listing. So it impacts that, but more importantly, it impacts customer decisions. Some of you might be listening who are commercial, and maybe there are, there are fewer searches online for commercial landscapers, but when you're that final three bids at the table with an HOA, they're going to Google you. They're going to Google you and the other companies, and if they find that you're a 3.2-star company, And the other company has a four-star company. I don't know about you, Scott, whenever I buy anything online, I'm never like, you know what, Amazon, only show me things that are a three-star and below because I'm not worthy of four-star product, right? (laughs) Like, no one does that. The other thing is people actually search online for best. They'll search things like best landscape design Indianapolis or best landscapers near me. The whole near me thing is mind boggling that every year it like doubles. People literally ask their phone for even landscapers near me. You'd think it would be only be like restaurants or stuff like that, but people search with their voice and the review average factors into those. And then I also believe it can impact recruiting. You know, everyone is having challenge finding labor and employees can pick and choose where they're going to work. And if you had to quit your landscape company and go and get a job, you'd probably do some research online. And where would you be more likely to apply first, the company that has a three-star average or the one that's like a -a four-and-a-half-star average? Maybe you're going to be their lead landscape designer and do sales. Where would you close more deals, the three-star company or the four? A lot of this is really logical and obvious, but many landscapers don't prioritize it because maybe, maybe you personally don't read reviews when you're buying, but many people do. Absolutely. And you you kind of pointed out with Amazon
2: that everybody looks at the reviews on Amazon before they buy stuff, or at least most people that I know. And
0: same thing here. Yeah. Well, and and what do you do? You go and sort by the negative reviews first, right? You want to see, okay, what's the bad news here? So having a handful of bad reviews is okay on your online as long as you've replied to them and you're not a jerk when you do that, and then you have an overwhelmingly positive review average. The other thing I advocate for in the book is called first party reviews. And this is where you actually get feedback from your customers, where you send them a survey to to ask on a scale of zero to 10, how likely are you to recommend us to a friend? And that information can then give you that customer feedback that you can share with your team and motivate your team and, Hey, maybe you're a maintenance company and your customer feels like a six out of 10. How likely are they going to renew their contract with you when it comes up, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where you can be proactive and call them and say, Hey, Scott, I noticed you gave me a six. Hey, can you tell me what's up? Oh, well, you you always leave clippings on the driveway and um, your guy uh, scratched my car, whatever it is. You can solve those problems and... Maybe they're not upset enough that they'd write a negative review on Google, right? That's where this feedback, like actually listening to your customers can help. So that's something that that I, I recommend. Another reason why is because last year during COVID, believe it or not, Google wasn't ready to have people work from home. And they were trying to figure out the whole work from home thing. And there was several months where we couldn't get new reviews posted on Google, or reply to them or anything like that. But our first party reviews were like still chugging along.
2: No, That's that's smart. I I never thought about that. So that's, that's huge. And like, if you avoid those headaches now rather than later, it's going to help you out so much more.
0: (laughs) Is there anything else you want to talk about from the book? You know, one of the, the things that we've talked about the foundational four, and I would say that this foundational four needs to be revisited because Maybe you build your branding, you build your website, and you do all these things. Um, just as an example, I, I have a client who closed their maintenance division. They closed it, and I'm celebrating the decision. It was a good decision, but now they need to update their branding and their their website and their messaging, the little description on Google. Or maybe I have another client who bought an irrigation company. They now offer irrigation, you know, and so that needs to be updated everywhere. So. So your brand, it's something your website needs to be nurtured and maintained over time because it's really easy. I mean, it's amazing in business how fast three years go by. And I've even made this mistake with my own website of, I don't even offer this service anymore and it's on my homepage. And you know, now now you're getting leads for services you don't even want. That's a very good point because I've seen it too. And like you said, in our business too,
2: we changed some of the focus on things and yeah, you just have to keep up on it. And it's, sometimes it's hard. I get it as landscapers, you get busy doing all everything else in your business. And this stuff kind of gets pushed to the back burner. But you got to remember, that's how you're going to get into your new customers. So you have to keep up on it. Absolutely. All right, Jack. Well, I definitely appreciate you being on the show today. And like I said, if you haven't gotten the book, definitely go to the website treeofgoodfortune.com and get it today. You're, you're going to love it. And Jack, you have
0: something special for our guest today. We have something special just for for you and your people, Scott, as a thank you for having me on the show and to inspire you. So one one of the cool things about this is not only did I record a audio book, I also recorded a video book. So if you want to watch, it's basically a performance of this. It was high production, multiple cameras. I have all different graphics and screenshots of examples and things. If you want to get that, get access to it. I've built it in a way where you can download it to your phone. Hopefully, you don't watch it while you're driving, right? But hey, if you're out doing your snow removal route or hey, you're driving back from a, a sale that didn't go well and you want to learn how to stop doing that, you can listen to the video and audiobook. So get that. Not only will we send you the print version in the mail, we just got a whole bunch of these that are arriving today. Uh, we're getting even more of them. We'll mail you that, and if you use the promo code million at treeofgoodfortune.com slash million, you can save $10 on that video book. Um, I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes, uh, treeofgoodfortune.com slash million. Use now, million as your promo code. Thank you for that. That's amazing. That's an awesome deal. So definitely check it out, guys. You're
2: going to love this book. Like I said, it, it, sh- he just tells you basically everything you need to do for your marketing uh, and your website and SEO and all that stuff. So definitely check it out and, and download it. It's an easy read. Currently, I'm about three quarters of the way through it. And it, it it's amazing. So definitely check it out. All right, Jack, I got a couple fun questions for you. Ready? Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right. Which living person do you most admire? Hmm. You know, one of them is is the author, Gino Wickman. Mm-hmm. Gino Wickman wrote the book Traction, and that book had a, a big influence on me, and I've, I'm i just inspired by all the books that he continues to write, and they have the whole EOS worldwide. If you haven't read that book, it's really good. It's become a big part of my whole way of running my company and how I help my clients. Nice. Okay. If you could undo one moment in your life, what would it be? Um, it, it would be waiting so long to focus my marketing company on the green industry. And I'm sharing this on this show because a lot of landscapers listening, when you read the book, picking your hell yes customer is a really big decision and it's really hard. And often you know in your heart what the answer is. But for me, and I talk about this in the book, I was afraid of doing it partly because I was afraid that it would work and that I would have to grow my team and have more taxes and have all this stuff to do. And and, and it was because I, I was afraid of it because I knew it was the right thing. And I had delayed that decision for a couple of years. Well, we appreciate you being part of this industry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. Would you rather have deep dish or thin crust pizza? You know, I grew up just outside of Chicago and, uh, they have, uh, Lou Malnati's is my favorite pizza, (laughs) that deep dish pizza. So I'd be a fan of the the Chicago-style deep dish. I love that restaurant. (laughs) And I mean, I do enjoy the giant slice of thin crust pizza every now and again.
2: All right, Jack. Well, I definitely appreciate being on the show. And everyone listening, definitely head to treeoffortune.com. Check out the book.
0: You're going to love it. Yeah. It's tree of good fortune. I'm sorry. Yep. Not just any fortune. It's treeofgoodfortune.com slash million. So there you go. yeah, Scott, thanks so much for having me. And uh, it's really a pleasure being back on the show. All right, guys. We'll have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.
2: Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message.